0: Good morning, everybody. Hope everybody's well. Uh, Happy Friday for those that are here live. For those that are joining me at any time, thanks so much for doing that. Thank you for those that are uh, emailing in. We've been talking a lot about this concept of staying empowered, and today's Q&A Friday. Q&A Friday. So I want to take some of your questions and see if I can, we, can, we can get to them together. I think it's important people ask questions because it gives us a nuance to things that may be unclear or just sort of how one applies something. I got an email. I got a question from Richard. Um, thank you so much for your kind words. You described that the best way to deal with the situation that you perceive there is a problem is to ignore signals you receive and address the matter only if someone else raises it with you. Right. There's a Jewish concept called being mevater, which I'll, with that aligns with that. I'll explain what that means maybe next week. However, it's very possible that waiting for the other party to express themselves can be too late to repair potential damage. The other person may only express themselves if things get so bad that they explode. This would make it very hard to patch things up, restore the relationship, create an even bigger problem that could have been avoided if you were just proactive in addressing problems that you are sensitive to. Why wait to reach an irreparable point? What an awesome question, Richard. I think I got this in like seven different versions. For those that are trying to follow, we've been talking the whole week about not guessing what is in someone else's head. Well, if I don't, and I miss something, will that ultimately come to blow up in my face? Or worse, will it ruin the relationship? Right? If my spouse or child is sending me these signals, and I'm missing them, and they hold them in. Well, then they ultimately continue to hold in the signals. And then, will I later when they finally say it, when they can bring themselves to say it, will it almost be too late? The goal of not guessing what's in someone else's head is not to absolve ourselves of the relationship, right? The goal is not to say I'm going to be totally not paying attention to you and your needs so that I can walk around basically like ignorant. Ignorant is not bliss. Ignorant is just ignorant. Bliss is working out what you need with knowledge that you gain to live a life you're supposed to live. Bliss is what you feel like after you've done something really, really hard, not when you put your head in the sand and forget you have problems in the first place. But if we don't approach these things in the right sequence, it blows up. So Ask yourself, For the amount of time that I have guessed what's in someone else's mind, has that really built our relationship? Have I really been like on and I nailed it and I'm I'm fixing it? Many times when we try to guess what's in someone else's head, we get it wrong. Maybe not 100% wrong, but wrong. Many times we get it at the wrong time. So the kid doesn't really need to talk. And the reason why we're bringing up the conversation is because we're offended. But it's hard for our brain to tell the difference between we're offended and there's an issue. And maybe more importantly, we are conditioning a relationship that can exist through mental communication. I don't have to say things now. I get to just be in a funk and everyone has to like cater to me to like figure out what's wrong with me. A lot of the reason why people condition themselves to not say things isn't because that's how they were born. Kids say whatever they want. It's because they don't think the person across them really cares. And so the mental, the, 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 the lack of speaking it out comes, I think, in large part because we don't have a relationship in which we can speak. So as a result, I hold it. And then the thing bubbles up. If we had an open dialogued communication relationship, why would, I have to, why would I hold it in if it bothers me? So understand that when you get to the level when you're talking to somebody, that especially an adult that can't verbalize what they're feeling, you're already behind the eight ball. That's not a. That's not a. That's not a, an optimal relationship. Where somebody feels something and can't even express it, so they hold it in, waiting for you to guess it. This happens all the time. This happened recently to me, where we were in a certain business situation, and the employees had a opinion of something of which they were complaining about. And we got on a conference call and I expressed to the CEO the the reservations of his employees. And I said, right guys. And there was like well it's not so bad. And now the employees are like backtracking. <laughs> this happens this happens more than once. Where like I stand up for somebody in the business world where I stand up for somebody who who, who's been expressing frustration to the person that has been the source of his frustration. And as soon as I do, they're like, I look around and like, they're not there anymore. <laughs> because the relationship is not one in which they could feel comfortable saying what they wanna say. So as soon as the CEO walks into the room, they're all running for cover. That's not an optimal relationship. So understand that when we stop guessing what's in someone else's heads, I'm not saying you go from 100 to 0. I'm not saying you, you don't, you know, I'm not saying you bury your head in the sand and allow whatever to go on, whatever go. On. I'm not saying you're not sensitive. What I'm saying is you're not trying to guess what's in their head. What happens is the goal from here is not to be less engaged. The goal from here is to be more engaged. Cuz now you're free from the guessing and now you're just free to give. So let's go to your let's go to the scenario and I hope that like through a roundabout we've asked to answer the question. I walk down the right let's take this scenario. There's a relationship between two friends. So friend one sees friend two, let's say, at an event. hi hi. Okay. Fine. Okay. Right, so clearly something's going on. In scenario one, it's like, this is it. What's going on, what happened? She's mad at me, let me pick up the phone. What did I do till we get it out? No, it's nothing or it's something, it's drama. Scenario two, you're asking yourself, hmm, that was weird. First and foremost, did I do something? I don't think I did anything. Okay, then I'm not going to try to guess what's in her head. I see her the next time. How are you? You look amazing. How are the kids? Fine. Again, nothing changes. How you doing? I was thinking about you today. At some point, either that friend is going to have to say, by the way, I'm upset about something because you're clearly not getting the mental darts that I'm shooting at you. Or she's going to move on and grow up and say, whoa, wait a second. Maybe I shouldn't be upset. She seems to be fine. Like, I guess I was wrong to be sensitive about that thing. But if you're continually giving to the relationship, positivity, the positivity that you shine on people will always expel the darkness. Will either cause that person to condition positivity, to recognize that the person's not getting the negative vibe. So either I have to move on or I have to bring it up. But in either case, you are free to be positive, you're not free to leave. You're not free to reduce your filter and say whatever you want and not care if people hate me. That's not freedom, that's just being selfish. But you are free to stay positive. And I don't know about you, but if I look back in my life, I would say 50, 60, 70% of day-to-day issues resolve themselves. With positivity. There are things you do to people that upset them. For the most part, the sensitivities that we have get resolved when we just keep on being positive and move on. Right. That's why when you see people that like don't have a lot of interaction, they can really hold grudges, sometimes more than people that see every single day. Right. Sometimes it's harder. Many times it's harder to hold a grudge against someone you live with than someone that you don't live with, because if they do something that upsets you, as long as the relationship is healthy, you are constantly retouching, reengaging. At some point, you sort of move past the thing you're upset. If you don't have a lot of touch points with the person and do something that's upset, it carries and grows. So as opposed to trying to figure it all out, whenever you see somebody disengaging, as opposed to trying to figure out what's the problem, here's a better solution. Just turn up the light. Just turn up the positivity. If someone's like upset with you, as opposed to being like, what did I do? What did I do? Oh, Just stop. I have no idea. I'm not in their head. Maybe I should reach out and just say Shabbat Shalom. Maybe I should reach out and go, you look beautiful. And they go, fine, click. Just keep at it. Between me and you, sometimes I find that to be a drop fun. Thank God, thank God, God has saved me from a lot of this stuff. Thank God. I don't have a lot of, thank God, it should continue. A lot of drama. It should only continue. But in the few times that I did, sometimes people would, like this would happen to me sometimes. somebody would people would call and say like, hey, can you do me a favor? And I wouldn't be able to for whatever reason. And then I see them like the next time they're like mad. Like, I guess I should have been more responsive or attentive to their, like, I guess when they call and they say, I need you to do X, Y, and Z, they assume that like, and sometimes I just can't, either all the time or or the person, it's not a good idea, but I don't want to tell them, whatever. I find that sometimes that like, I don't want to guess. I just turn up the positivity. I drop them a note. Like, by the way, I saw you do this. That's phenomenal. Or as I'm saying no, I like try to increase the level of, Expression that I have for our friendship, and I find many times that like just a couple of positive, you know, shots across the bow, if you will, diffuses the tension. So that's where I'm going with this, which is if there are some significant issues, you got to deal with them. I'm not saying that like if you're sitting around in a relationship and it's like dysfunctional, you like wake up a morning, you're like, I'm not, I'm not thinking anymore, I'm like I'm out. What's suggesting that? But I am suggesting that we stop guessing. Wherever you're in a situation of darkness, you just as opposed to, trying to figure out what it is and engage in it, you turn up the positivity. It's a big issue and this is a big idea in Jewish thought. That when you engage in in conflict, you end up being dirty yourself. It's a concept now. It's a concept in Jewish Judaism when you're engaged in, in war, you still have to. in the old days, you both you brought the sacrifice. And the reason why is that even though you may have been justified in the war, you still killed somebody. When you engage in, in in a in a in a fight, you may win, but you're still muddy. We had this story here with Lichat Chila Ariba, which is the story of the Lababich Rebbe who says, always go over. In many ways, that's a lot of life. Sometimes the best solution is you go above it, you rise above it. You can't engage in it. This happens. Recently, somebody called me with this also. It was a what's-the-name fight. Oh, gosh, these are disasters. An uh, inheritance. Man, these inheritance fights. Sometimes I got to tell you, I wonder if in heaven people of wealth that have inherited, that have left an inheritance to their kids are wishing they they didn't have it and they just give their kids nothing and the kids would all love each other. Some families, God should bless them. God should bless them. Everything is well. Mom and dad leave some money and then it's war. Just God should bless them. They should just see the truth. That family is more important than dollars and cents. Money comes and goes. Anyways, money comes from God. Different conversation. Anyways. So I got a call once from a woman who was like in pain. She's like lost her family. Mom and dad left money. And like the family, like that's it. They took sides. And then, you know, the most aggressive one took the most money. Forget about it. And I... I own, my only advice to her was you got to go above it. You got to go, once you get into the dispute. If you if there's listen, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a lawyer by training. So if right and wrong, you, you're allowed to go to court, you're allowed to have a conversation, you're allowed, you're allowed to engage in the in the analysis and in the conflict to, to figure out what's truth. Like when you open up a page of Talmud, they're not like, we should all get along. Like let's hold hands and sing Kumbaya. They fight over truth. I'm not suggesting that. I'm saying when you're not engaged in that and it's just a drama, you're not going to like fight. You're not going to win a dramatic battle. It's emotions. Emotions is fighting in a dusty war. You got to go above it. Be Above it, set an example. There's a great story. I'm trying to remember his name. Oh, I'm trying to remember his name. I'm going to remember his name next time. My friend Harry told me this great story about a guy who was a pillar in the, in the Syrian community. And he, in business, had got into a conflict with someone in the community. Um, this is a great story. And they were, they were fighting each other legally. They did business together, and then they fell out, whatever it was. So the guy walks into the room, of a of a, of a, of a, of a, of a, like a wedding or something. And this individual who's like a pillar in the community, you get his name, he recently passed away. Maybe Miriam knows. I don't know if Miriam is on. Maybe Miriam knows who this person is. It's a Syrian person who's very involved in the community. Who just passed away recently. He was very involved in the, in the special children's center. If you, you know what I'm talking about. Stanley Chira, thank you. I knew she'd know. Miriam, killed it. Stanley Chira. I don't know if you guys know who Stanley Chira is, superstar, incredible guy, Stanley Chira. Stanley Chira was a power of a man. And my friend Harry told me the story. I don't know who the people were. He didn't give me the details of it, but he told me that he knew of the story that this guy and Stanley were in, involved in a legal dispute in business. That happens in business? You get involved in a legal dispute. So the guy walks into an event and Stanley's in the room. Stanley was like a grandfather of the community. And the guy just like makes a beeline away from Stanley. Like he doesn't want to see him because he, he thinks he's mad at him. Like they're involved in a, in a legal dispute. So he's sitting around and all of a sudden this guy, this guy looks over and he sees Stanley Chira and Stanley Chira catches his eye and goes like this. And this guy's 30 years younger. 30, listen to this, this is such a great story. 30 years younger than this guy. For those of you who know the Syrian community, do you understand? Like it, it's it's a very traditional family-based community. You know, you get a call over from like the senior statesman. This guy walks up to him and he says, What happened? And the guy's thinking, no, about the lawsuit. He goes, Lawsuit? He says, You walk into a room. We know each other, our families know each other for 30 years. You walk into a room, you walk away from me? For a couple of dollars? Are you crazy? We know each other for 30 years, we're family. We walk into a room, I don't care what's going on in the business, you walk in a room, you walk up to me. You say, "Mazeltov, you give me a kiss? Come on. You're letting money get in the way of family? Gives him a kiss as and Syrian from Mazatov, so they say Mabruk. He continues on, and the guy walked away and said, Holy cow, he's 30 years older. This guy initiated the conflict. If there's anyone that should have been the guy who pulls away from him, Stanley, should have been like, Get out of here! But he he rose above it, he rose above it. What I'm getting involved in this little trauma, you have your mind, family. You know each other 30 years. Come, give me a kiss. Say Mazel Tov. We'll deal with business on Monday morning. Now, of course, there's a lot of nuance here, but that's the point. That's, the, that's what we're trying to drive towards. Those are the people who. This is what we're trying to be. We're trying to be big people here. We're trying to rise above it. We get lost in the in in so much nonsense. They're families that are lost in nonsense. It's, it's inconsequential. And their friends are being broken up. Kids aren't talking to each other. It's, if you break down what it was and you get to the core of it, with little things that blew up and blew up and blew up. And we think the way we handle it is by engaging in everything, but it's not how it works. Because the more you engage in every inconsequential, every little sensitivity, the it's just drama upon drama. It just never ends. We condition relationships to be dramatic. It's overly dramatic. We condition children that when they hit, a wall. They need to go and see this and take this and do all. And listen, I'm all into seeing people and taking things if you need it, but we condition each other that when we hit conflict, we like collapse. Everything's a big deal. Everyone's fi- We don't have enough. Go above it. In perspective. At The end of the day, we're family. At the end of the day, we're two souls trying to do good in this world. At the end of the day, the greatest challenges we have is getting close to the creator. At the end of the day, it's dollars and cents. You're my wife. You're my husband. You're my family. You're my friends. I didn't mean to hurt you. I'm just human and you're human. Go above it. When we have that perspective, we stop trying to figure the person out. Because by the way, half the time we are trying to figure a person out, we're really trying to defend ourselves. We think we're really not. We are. Half the time we're trying to figure someone else, half of it is, and you don't take care of me. It's, it's, it's half selfish. Trust me, it's much harder to walk into a room and dial up positivity, even if you think someone's mad at you, than to walk in and like figure out why they're mad. It's much harder to see that guy who's 20 years younger than you, who just took you to court, call him over and give him a kiss, than is to be like, "Who's this guy and who's that guy?" And what do you? It's being a big person. We're entering to high holiday time. What God wants from us is to be big people. And big people don't get lost in, in, in inconsequential fights. They're big big people. They walk into a room and they shine their light. They shine their light on people. They just shine, they shine. They're not they're not they're not they're not, they're not heavy. They're not you don't have to like constantly make sure. You know people like this they're just constantly constantly plaking sure that they're okay it's like to, to manage their emotional capacity it's always big people are emotionally self-reliant they know their power comes from God they know that they're born a soul and they know their job in this world is to give people light and they shine everywhere they are this massive torch they are a bonfire. They walk into a room and they smile and they compliment and they're good. They're not interested in what's in your head and what's in this guy's head and this game and that game. They're a breath of fresh air. The Best way to dispel darkness is light. Hanukkah. Not there yet. One candle lights up the world. We need to become candles and if we spend more time turning up our light in my humble opinion we will see we will spend less time figuring out someone else's darkness all right we'll continue i'm sorry i went off on this we have more questions i'm sorry as you can tell i care about this because i believe that we can be this way and i believe we should be this way and I believe this is what God wants of us, to be big. You ever tell the kids, be the bigger one? I think God's telling that to us every day. All right, we'll continue. Oh, God, do I love you guys. I love you guys. I really do. Thanks for being here. Thanks for doing this. Thanks for being together. We're a community. I appreciate it. I'm honored by you. And, um, and I hope we get to continue this. We'll be doing this again with God's help on Sunday. So if you take Labor Day off, have a good time. If you're, if you're still on, I'll see you Sunday. Have a great weekend. Have a good Shabbos, Shabbat Shalom. And with God's help, I just can't wait to see you again next week.